Christmas Day is a day for strangeness and paradox. The underlying paradox of all, God takes on human flesh. The infinite is contained in the finite. The creator becomes created, and the Christmas gospel invites us into the strangeness of all this under the figures of word and light. Most intelligent people will tell you that you cannot see the spoken word, only hear it. And they would tell you that you cannot hear the light, only see it. And yet we know they exist, and when taken together in John's gospel, we can blow out the minds of all people, no matter what their cerebral wattage. That's because you truly begin to see the word and truly hear the light. And that leads to an abundant, rich life that you can enjoy even if you can't understand it. Can you wrap your head around this present from God? This morning, maybe we'll all begin to hear a little better and see a little clearer. God grant it. In the beginning was the Word. I read that the average person speaks about 27,500 words per day. The study claimed, however, that men use 25,000 words, give or take a few, and women use 30,000 words, give or take a few. So a man may come home in the evening having pretty much used up his 25,000 words, while his wife still has probably five to 10,000 left. And with so many of them out there, which words do we listen to, really? There are confusing words, misused words, abusive words. We live in a culture where words are cheap. Even the phone company years ago tried to advertise talk is cheap. Politicians carefully craft their statements so that even simple words like is can have multiple meanings. Advertisers try to sell us new and improved versions of what is really the same old thing. Contracts are tossed aside, promises not kept, marriage vows broken, laws ignored. We drown in a sea of words bombarding us on a daily basis. A sea of words that frighten us with the news, confuse us with the promise of a better life, that hurt others coming from our lips. Words are cheap. But not the word that St. John speaks of. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and lived among us. This is the creative Word. And no, that's not strong enough. The all-creative Word, upon which heavens and earth depend from day one. This is the infinitely valuable Word that not only creates, but recreates in redeeming the universe through his suffering. The only word that breaks into our sometimes silent and dark world 
and allows us to hear and to see. In the event that we celebrate today, the word and the light became not abstract concepts, but flesh and blood. The God that created light and all there is simply with the word has come to live among us and actually show us the light. What has been invisible to many now becomes visible through a word wrapped up in deeds witnessed by the words of scripture, giving you the light you need as you muddle through the noise and babble of harsh voices that surround us as we stumble in the dark of this world. Try wrapping your head around this present. You've heard it often enough that God comes to us through word and sacrament. The sacraments of baptism and Holy Communion are simply visible signs of the same word. When we sing the hymns of praise and the liturgy, when we confess our faith, when we read the lessons, when we share in Holy Communion, God becomes not an abstract concept, but real flesh. A presence we can hear and a presence we can see, if not with the eyes and ears physically, then certainly by faith spiritually. Here regularly as we worship, the word becomes flesh, the word who became flesh, witnessed to by the word of God, conveyed to us in scripture, comes to us yet again in fine Advent fashion. He comes riding on the bread and wine as he rode the she-ass and her colt 2,000 years ago. You come to church to worship and praise God and to receive this living word, which in turn will provide you light in the dark world. We read the scripture on Sunday and during the week to bring light and life into the mundane. And we pray and we listen daily for the word of God to bring guidance and strength. Have you ever been to a cave? You can raise your hand. We are Lutherans, but you can raise your hand and sometimes even react. <laughs> Hallelujah, during the sermon, that's another thing, though. So some of you have been in a cave, pretty big one. Usually at some point during the tour, when you're far enough in, everyone is asked, not to move, to just stand still and turn off all the lights that they may be carrying. I remember doing this in Merrimack Caverns in Missouri and in Crystal Cave in Sequoia National Park. It's so dark that you can't even see a glimpse of your hand if you were to wave it this close to your face. You stand there in the dark for about two or three minutes, which seems like an hour, and then the guide pulls out a single match and strikes it. And with that one match, you can see everything around you. That one light absolutely conquers the pitch black darkness. But when we are speaking about Christ the light shining in the darkness, it's not about caves, though the empty tomb does come to mind. It's about us. It's about people. There was a 96-year-old woman named Pearl, and she was dying from congestive heart failure, and it was just a matter of time before she would see Jesus face to face. 
And this was so exciting to her because she was blind. She went blind at the age of four. Her parents dropped her off at an orphanage and she was never adopted. She taught herself to read Braille and at the age of 21, the Lions Club sent her to college. She became a teacher at the Kentucky School for the Blind for almost 60 years and now here she was at the end of her life. Many would claim that she got a raw deal, but not Pearl. She claimed she was the luckiest person on earth to ever live. She proclaimed that God had blessed her with so much, and on a bright sunny day, if she looked directly into the sun and waved her hand before her eyes, she could see a shadow pass before her. But really now, what is more impressive? Her ability to see a shadow against the brilliance of the sun or her sunny disposition? Her acceptance of her condition in the cheerful joy brought about only by faith in the real light coming into the world? You can wrap your head around that, I'm sure. So you see, it's not only abstract, this word become flesh. Light giving life. In the approaching new year, we need the word and we need the light. Now more than ever, we need Jesus. The word become flesh, the light that gives life. If you have the word in your life and the light in your life, then whether it is the loss of a loved one whether it be a nagging illness, whether it be loneliness, whether it be any type of darkness you can think of, the word God become flesh in Jesus Christ will help you sort through the sea of words that surround you, will give you true sight that you need, like Pearl, in order to conquer whatever blindness you may have, and he will light up your life like that one little match in the cave. May God give you, Christ, the light you need in your darkness, the peace that you need in your struggles, the joy you need in your sadness, the hope you need in your discouragement in this coming year. Amen. And may the peace of God, which passes understanding, keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.